Hello, welcome to the podcast with me, Jordan Haas. Hi, hello. Podcast, right? <clears throat> um, so, uh, how was the Super Bowl? Su- Super Bowl. Fun, right? And like sports ball jokes and super battle jokes. And, and, uh, I don't care about sports people how much they don't care about sports yet like every so often did make a quote tweet about an ad it's just weird um so this is gonna be a weird episode of the podcast because essentially i my brain's not working right the last month or so So, you, it, it goes into a lot of weird things. So, over Christmas, uh, as you, as I've explained a few times, um, I wrote down a few ideas for projects. Um, the uh, one joke was the how to make a better G4. I uh, thought that was very fun. I don't think that'll ever happen because you only need a lot of fun money. Um, so, really... And it was, um, you, you dial it down to projects you want to do, which was uh, the next step. So I, I wrote down three really fun ideas, but they're kind of YouTube videos. And I, I kind of sketched a lot of them out. I'm kind of in the process of like writing. Uh, the only problem having time to shoot and film and build a set and all this other shit that won't happen. So, uh, it, it, it's very uh, different. Um, over the weekend, I moved. There used to be a big set dressing behind me in this room. Um, to The purpose is to really, uh, like, to block the reverb. So if it sounds echoey, uh, sorry. Kind of used it to block, to be like a filter. I think that makes it for more quality sound, more quieter, like this. Um, I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh, the reason I took it down is because, if you've noticed, I don't make a lot of videos, and it's been kind of blocking the closet where I can need to get clothes sometimes, and it's it's been kind of. I haven't really been on this computer, so I even have the thing up. It's, it's been that miserable. Uh, this is your first episode. Hi. Uh, usually, it's more cheerful or silly or fun. Uh, the update is uh, typically uh, so. About the last few years, at this point, my mom has been in poor health and just been getting worse and worse, month after month, year after year. To the point of I, I can't really do much projects on the internet. Uh, so it's mostly me taking care of her and then trying to spend the free time to sleep or eat or just take a bath or just like any sort of bit of self-care. I don't get those breaks that often. And when I do, 
it's only a few minutes or a few hours, and I, I luckily have help today, so I can have this this moment to myself to try and just update everybody. Hey, I'm, I'm still alive, but just my brain is not good. Um, it's probably the lowest it's been ever. parts it's the fear of your mom dying and you're all alone and then the equal parts of you just you can't ask for help you can't um you can but no there's nothing people online can help you with or anything you try therapy you try reaching out and none of it works and you don't want to do an antidepressant or, or a drug because it, it, it only started recently, the last few years. Typically, if, if, you, if there was a drug I needed, it would be something for, that, for the, the, the hypermania. Or have this bird of I want to do a lot of things and then I crash and burn. Um, but... For, for this, this has just been getting just... I'm not going to say an identity crisis, because I think that's thrown around too often, and... It, it, it's that... You, you know there are things you like, but you can't enjoy them, so then you're out of the way for them, and then you kind of feel like, oh... So now what? Kind of thing. Like, um, like for instance, you know, game shows, I suppose. I, I took a little break from that, obviously, to take care of her uh, and trying to do these little short reviews. Um, reason being, obviously, she should have more importance than the podcast. Um, so then, you know, you go online and you see new shows and you're like, oh, I want to talk about that. Oh, that's such a cool idea. Or there's some new, like, old episodes of game shows and you're like, oh, we can finally talk about that show. And it, it's just out of the reach. And you're at that part, it's like a midlife, it's like, I guess, a quarter-life crisis or a midlife crisis kind of thing where it's like, Boy, I wish I could, but I can't. So you just sort of, um... You just sort of, like, lose a lot of yourself. And then you're trying to figure out who you really are. Like, like that's kind of how it feels. Like, oh, I should really be talking about this. Like, the Xbox thing that came out a few weeks ago. About how they're going third party. I, like, I spent a good chunk of my, like, high school to college life wanting to go into game journalism and being a game analyst, and if it was any other time, if this wasn't a thing at the moment, I would have made a YouTube video making fun of the subject, having it be like a last week tonight situation, or I guess now today's show John Stewart, because he's back, um... Where I would be addressing gamer culture in this whole uh, gatekeeping, mine is the best, console war, you lost Tim Dog kind of 
kind of behavior. And I know that's what this podcast was meant to do, but this is also just kind of the in everything podcast. And no one really listens to this. I see the numbers. I, I'm pretty sure only one person will listen to this, and it's not me. So when you see things like that Xbox incident, it's like, oh god, if I had the time and the means and the editing software and all this, I could make a really good YouTube video making fun of the situation and pointing out Xbox, why they're doing this, and in all sorts of situations. Because the truth, because I mean, like, for every like actual analyst, like, you, you read what, like, Gersman says, or you read what, um, the people at Second Wind say or Aftermath, they're saying the same thing. Xbox has a lot of companies now, and it's stupid for them to just release first party. By releasing it to multiple consoles, like PlayStation 3, they're leaving money off the table. So by putting it to PS3, they're making money. Same thing with why they make things available for PC, which is what PlayStation has been doing for a few years now. There is no difference when PlayStation put their games on PC than what Xbox is going to put to PlayStation 3. There is none. There is no console war, and the more you see this, the more it is It is supposed to be like a good thing in terms of like video games. There's lots of ease of access to play modern video games, even if these consoles cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars and games are now costing just about the same as they were back in 1993, where they're like $80 for the default game with no DLC. So, so like, it's like, I want to talk about this and go into the details and that's just a blanket statement and there's a lot more minutia to it. But I don't want to make this podcast that episode. Because to me, I have to write all that out, edit, assemble, and it's not worth it. Especially when I'm kind of at this like real slump in a creative fashion, in a why even bother fashion. Someone else is going to be doing that video most likely. Someone else is probably going to be making a Nebula video about this or a YouTube channel. I, I'm far. I, I would have to do a lot of major catch up just to get the reach, just to do that video. So, it, it sort of disappoints me. It's like, oh man, I could have, but I, I, I can't. I'm just too broken at this point to bother. Um, I feel, for me, personally, uh, content creation is, yeah, it, it, it's, People will say, well, it's the money, or it's the fame, or whatever, and it's an understatement, it's... Because, because like, I, I think for, for being a content creator in today's world, especially TikTok nowadays, a good chunk of it is, it has to be money because the economy sucks, and this is the only job you can really have these days, and I don't blame these people at all, it's kind of a sad reality of the situation. You want to make enough good content that you can make it a full-time job and get paid for it. Because if you look at what is happening with Hollywood and music and every sort of creative industry, it's being kind of fucked over by corporate greed, AI-generated assholes. That I think, like, like even digital artists, 
I remember back, like, I get it. Not a lot of people can pay for commissioned art. And in the world, like, I remember DeviantArt started, like, back in the, like, what, late 90s, early 2000s? And commissioned art was still a new thing. PayPal was still relatively new. And it was like, wait, you want me to pay $100 to what, to have my two favorites fucking? <laughs> and it's like, and it grew. And then there's a lot more artists and digital artists. And then digital art became more mainstream. And Wacom tablets became more easily affordable. So you had more and more. And then you have Anime Studio and all this other It became a sort of great way for seeing a lot of artists. Uh, and then commissions, of course, they're all over the place. Then you see Etsy, and then you see like home pages, and then you see swipes and prints and all sorts of things. And now artist alleys are triple, quadruple, five times as they were back in the days of early anime conventions. But now the high generation has shown up, and they're kind of fucking over these artists because, well, I don't want to pay forty dollars for an Optimus Prime rap looking like he's rapping i'm gonna just ai generate the art and i'm creative that's kind of where we're at right now and if it's not that it's uh creative writing you tell a joke if it's not that it is acting you can just license your likeness and become a playstation 3 uh like cgi character of yourself in music you can just auto generate songs now or a free sample, and I, I, I it, and I think AI. There is way like, there's good tools in AI. I, I'm not gonna fully go ew AI altogether, but I think a big problem is AI is is, is a data driven mechanic. What do people like? What do people not like? What is the nodes that lead to something else? And I think instead of AI being used as a logic detector for storyboarding or being used as a creative inspiration for that art piece and not create the art itself. Or in terms of business, what sells, what doesn't sell, what's most likely to sell in August. You, you, you don't see that. It, it's, it's an all or nothing situation. And there are a bunch of desperate people using AI the same way they do crypto or NFTs. It's the next big tech trend. You've got to check it out. And that's what got me into this other thing that got me to another death spiral. Like, I got stuck in, like, several fucking death spirals in the span of a few months. Video games. I want to talk about those video games. Like, the Xbox game is such a big deal. It really is a big deal in terms of the fact that if that is true, there's only one major first-party player left, and that's Nintendo. And Nintendo is kind of mostly just Mario games and just ports. And there's always a to switch to the works or whatever. But for, for tech, I, I remember when iPhone first came out. And I remember for like the idea of, oh, this is a Blackberry, but Apple. And it was really revolutionary. And like the rise of fucking, like, unboxing soft, like, videos. I, I get it. Unboxing was a popular trend in, what, 2011, 2012? But it, it... A lot of the time, it really was something like, oh, wow, a USB. 
Oh wow, the instruction manual and here is the device. And most of the time when someone has the device and the is it worth it part and let's review it and gadget test it, they got it from the company and they're gonna say nice things about it because they got it from the company and they want more shit from the company. I, I think that that's a big problem because that's content creation in general is now the influencers just want the free shit so they can go, oh wow, cool, and it's now a spawn con. It's all just sponsored content. It's not a, well, this is a piece of shit, don't buy it anymore. This is a, wow, thanks Apple for giving me the ski mask that lets me go on YouTube. I never once was able to go on YouTube before this, now I can. I can, I look, I can do spreadsheets and go on the internet. Wow, I could, I could chat with friends. And, I, look, I, look, I remember when there used to be a console word of Apple and Windows. I'm sure there still is. Same thing with, uh, with iOS and Android. But, it, it, Apple has kind of put their hands in a lot of different fields, and not all of them are good. I think the last great thing they came up with was the iPhone, and even then, the iPod was kind of cooler because it was an MP3 player, it was a digital jukebox, there was a need for it, essentially, because that's how people were listening to music. I don't think the ski mask is really a good, like, a revolutionary thing. I don't even think the iPad and tablet computers are a revolutionary thing. Those are things you put on a coffee table and then while you're, there's a commercial break, you just start scrolling the internet. It, it, it's a digital ebook reader, essentially, and, and not a lot of people fucking read. You just go on fucking social media and you can see the amount of illiteracy going on in all forms, but both media literacy and literal reading of books literacy, even though they're both the same. Media is media. Uh, it's. So, for a good chunk of. of, of what you can do on, on a phone is you can look up YouTube videos of people reviewing tech gadgets, and some are even local news here. Like uh, Rich DeMiro and Rich on Tech on KPLA. He's the replacement to Leo Laporte. And I don't think he's Leo <laughs> by any stretch. I, 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 I think Leo is a, he's not a gadget influencer he was like a pc cool software guy and in tech help i don't think you can talk to half these people about what to do if your your phone breaks or what to do if your computer is lagging and i think it's also just a, it is a tough because i think most people still use computers and, and no one really looks at that that way they look at it in the well no phones and yes, people are more likely to use their phones on things than a computer, but a computer has become a more proprietary device now. What I have noticed, and maybe I'm wrong, is people have their phones on them. But then if they're going to watch movies, or they're going to be um, want playing video games, then they get the gaming computer, and that gaming computer is connected to a TV. And maybe that TV has a Roku or is a smart TV or is connected to a gaming device, but it's not connected to cable or satellite. It's connected to 
computer, a, like a smart device, like a Roku or you or was Amazon Fire Stick, or most likely their fucking computer, and they're watching their shit from a computer to a TV. That's the way it's been going, and if not, they're dropping it from a laptop to a TV. And that's the f- it, it's laptops and desktops is kind of still the the mainstream in terms of computers. So it feels, at least to me, that a lot of the this, this shit that we're seeing is like, well, this it has to be new. It's, this is going to be new. This it has to work. This is such a latest, greatest new shit thing. But you, you don't... I, I, I think a lot of people that I've respected over the years know you don't get the first generation anything. You wait a few years for it to get cheaper and more, like, fixed. And the second thing is, you also know if you have it and it works, no one really wants to buy something else. A good chunk of modern tech is meant to be like a Rolex. It's supposed to be like, well, you know, it's supposed to stand out that you're rich. But I I know devices get lost and stolen all the time, and they break, and you have to pay hundreds of dollars to get it repaired, and it drops into a bathtub, or it falls into a spa, or a jacuzzi, and then you have to put it in rice, or a toilet, and then you have to put it in, in like, um, you have to get the, 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 what, what's it, silica gel packets, and and try and dry it out, It, it sucks. We're at the stage where you can kind of update your phone and, and it's not going to break the bank. But at the same time, there are a lot of phones out there that are costing $2,000. And there are a bunch of tech YouTubers that get it for free and go, Oh shit, you guys, this is the greatest phone in the world. Before their next video, a month later, where they say, This is the greatest phone in the world. And I, it just bugs me no end that's kind of where we've gone with tech now i get it like we're far from the days of tech tv we're far from the days of g4 influencer marketing is sales marketing that's kind of where we're at but coming from this like outlet of like i maybe there's still optimism and i'm just getting jaded every so often I, I think the big problem is you can just say a phone's just okay. You can say a game is just okay. In a lot of it won't sell or get the views. And you need the views because you got a deal with some company and you said, well, we get on average 80,000 views or 100,000 views or we have 500,000 subscribers. So they're willing to pay like $5,000 for you to read HelloFresh or Casper mattresses, or that green goo shit that people drink that kind of tastes like ass. There are green juices at the juice bar that's like about the same price. Go to fucking Erewhon if you're in Southern California. Same about price, probably better tasting. It just becomes this like yuck of the world of of like content. And for me, I, I, I kind of, you, you can kind of go through everything in technology. You can go through everything in video games. And I kind of get upset about this. One of my favorite channels, uh, and this is a guilty pleasure of mine as well, uh, is those car review channels. 
there's like half the car review channels want to do a, like a Top Gear situation where they're pretending they're Jeremy Clarkson and being smart-assy about a car. Another ch chunk are like the tech reviewers of, look at the dashboard, oh shit, there's a Bluetooth, oh shit, look, this Tesla has fun headlights and it can do a dance, boop a boo Like they're trying to like kiss Elon Musk ass. You don't need to, it's a car. It goes, most people buy it because they need a car to go to work, to go to a grocery store and get back home. Like that's about most of the time. And then sometimes they travel or their parent that take their kid to school, things like that. But instead they focus on the features or they focus on the uh, leg, like not even leg room or, or features that people might need. Like what's the trunk like in here? How many grocery bags? just sort of becomes this like oh all right well they're gonna move on to the next car or the next truck or the next thing everything's gonna move on to me that is where we're at um so i get kind of sad um i watch lgr I, I like clint of lazy game reviews i think he's the best tech person on youtube even more than Marcus, even more than like the science Twitters and all those. Because for one part, he has this great insight into the history of computers from like the 1970s onwards to the rise of the DOS and the rise of 3.1 and Windows 95, 98, XP, etc. And then like all of these new tech gadgets when they're new, but shitty like digital cameras or mice with a right click like things like that and to me that's the fascinating when it's someone who has an expertise showing their expertise and it's not playing into the well this is the best oh my god this is the best oh my god it's the worst oh fuck this ship that they're actually be a little objective in their ability to still be fascinated by the subject matter they, you don't have to be a five-hour-long YouTube video essayist to have fun on YouTube. But that's a good chunk of them as well. And it just, to me, that's what bums me out. It's like, a good chunk of this is, is social media in general. I can't stay on TikTok anymore. I, I, I can't, I, I hate to say it. I, I usually, I've, I've, I tried my hardest to make my YouTube a lot of stand-up comedians and TV show clips, like like things that I know I would enjoy. And then someone fucked up the algorithm, and I get like, hey, before you scroll, you gotta check out this one product, it's gonna change your life, oh my god. Or it's the, uh, the NPC meme character, like it's just this, all of these horrible kind of, like I watch Mr. Beast because it's game shows, but, but now I'm like on Facebook or TikTok and it's just like, oh, here's the wacky family channel and they're gonna be playing wacky games to win $50 and they're gonna do ping pong ball challenges and they're gonna be smashing glass bottle. Like, it, it just fucking sucks. Like it just, I don't care for these people playing a game where the loser has to make dinner. Like it, it please fucking stop this shit. Please, I don't care that they're doing sticky hand 
and there's a like a $20 bill at the end. Like, please fucking get rid of this shit. It's not interesting, it's not exciting, and it's not even a challenge. When Mr. Beast does a challenge, there's an overlaying arc. Let's get to know the person real quick. Let's lay the ground rule. And then there's narration. And there's a story. And then there's some sort of stakes in the game. And that's it. I get that TikTok is short form. So you're going to try and do something really quick. But I don't know who the fuck you are. I don't have someone to root for. It, it just seems like a couple doing content creation. Because they need some sort of monetary value. Because they're getting views. Like that's all it fucking is. It, to me, it's like a sickening world of it. And there's a sickening amount of it. Another good chunk of it is the, hey, uh, and they go to a fucking store. And then there's always like some college age kid who's clearly like young and probably there for something else. And he's getting paid no matter what going, oh, wow, I follow you on social media. Or they say some bullshit, so like whatever the consecration name is. Oh my God, you're slap nuts forty five. I follow you on TikTok. Hey, you follow me on TikTok? That's great. You get a spin of my prize wheel. Like, like that is like, and it's the most boring milk toast people out there that aren't even entertained or excited, or even excited to meet somebody who's a fan of their YouTube channel. That's how I know it's all horseshit. If, if someone knows who I am, I'm gonna be like, oh shit, I guess I'm popular, nice to meet you. Half these fucking, like, Mr. Beast knockoff bullshit people are like, hey, Colin, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you, if you, or a bag of chips. Oh my god, you're, you're, you're lolcow99, I follow you on TikTok. That's right, it's me, lolcow95, nice to meet you. <laughs> I don't know why that was a Joe Biden impression. <laughs> That's all it reminds me of. Like, oh wow, cool, nice to meet you. Hey, how's it? Hey, how would you like? Would you like me to pay for your phone, or would you like, or would you like me to give you a hundred dollars? Hey, how's it going? Would you like a hundred dollars to pay it forward? Hey, if you let me text text somebody on your phone, I'll give you a hundred dollars. Hey, hey, how's it going? I'm gonna, I'm, I got, I'm gonna, I am gonna shave your head, but you'll get a thousand dollars. Hey, I built this fucking bullshit carousel thing that looks like a bullshit thing. If a ball goes on it, I'll give you food. There's like, there's videos in, uh, in Africa. I, I, it's either Africa or like low, like South America, like a low third world country and there's a few youtube channels with the phone playing those mr beast fucking ping pong challenges for food you win a kilo of rice and you win oil like yes those are things that are not like resources unavailable to these villages but you're still profiting off them at a rate that's sort of eight times more if not 80 times more than what they are <laughs> getting in the states so it, it to me it just is like a cruel world of this is what game shows on the internet have become to me so i can't 
can't watch TikTok anymore. I'm like, I, it's like, oh, good. Howie Mandel has a podcast. Oh, Conan O'Brien has a thing. Oh, After Midnight. And then you get a Mr. Beast for you. Or you get some sort of like, um, a, 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 like a, like a, 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 obviously like a high school teacher doing like a prank video to the kids. And you're supposed to think, oh, this is overwhelming. But no, it's like clearly faked because, oh, it's a video. It, it, it just, it bums me the fuck out. That that is kind of where, because like, to me, I think TikTok should be more like like Vine, skit based, and a lot more fun YouTube, like fun what you can't do on YouTube kind of videos. And what I've noticed is the things you can't do on YouTube are just the shit that they kind of put on Instagram feeds or they put on uh, uh, Facebook. Hey, before you skip this video, I want to tell you about Pac-Man. Things like that. It just, oh, God. I hate it. I fucking hate it. it. I get it. You're not a Twitch streamer. You can't have that fucking energy for like five hours straight. So, hey, how's it going? Thanks for another bits. What the? But the TikTok thing is just... It's all a scam now. It feels like a scam, and it feels like it's it's not. Oh boy, the the, the Gen Z loves this shit. Because I almost guarantee you, the Gen Z does not love this shit. They look at it and they're thinking, "This is this is just this is just like kid shit. This is this is this is gay." <laughs> That's what they're gonna say. No, they they look at it and they're going like, why? And it's the how do you do fellow kids of of like content, and I'm sure the people that they do follow are more funny, more uh, energetic. Maybe they do makeup tutorials. Maybe they actually have a fun interest that they're interested in in short form bursts. They're not there for Jimmy Fallon. They're not there for uh let's play fucking pie face the game when you were five where you crank and then maybe the foam will hit you in the nose and you get a little bit of nose cream on you <laughs> no they're they're a little more sophisticated than that i i th also i just want to say this right now i i think we're really the the thing that we're throwing shit at, at gen z nowadays when they're in college these are college students now. These are kids who are already 18 or over and have a full-time job. They are not five anymore. These are grown-ass adults. And so it's to me like the like we just skipped the generation. We just skipped the millennials. Millennials are still eating avocado toast. And I, I just think it's just all baby boomers trying to not put blame on themselves for voting Ronald Reagan back in the 80s. And then Thatcher if they're in the UK. Uh, so, to, to me, it, it, it's just sort of like this is the lowest common denominator. This is people's ways out. And it reeks of desperate and it reeks of uncreative. I, for me, anyway. And this is where I'm coming from. I, I don't, I don't have any joy left on the internet. I... I started my internet career like in the mid 2000s. 
like 2003. I was blogging. Blogging led to a, a being like a being a blogger for for a few things, uh, guest writing for Destructoid, uh, trying to write comedy articles for something awful, like all sorts of little things here and there. Mostly posting on the G4 message board, but that's beside the point. It's this sort of situation where it's just like it, it all leads to just where I was meant to go. I went to college and I got a degree in television production. Originally I was going to get an internship at Attack of the Show, but then the fucking G4 closed down. Uh, this was the first time around. And then I ended up getting a degree in, in television, but they started multimedia. And I was starting up Busy Street at the time, and that was my first real heavy-duty website. Uh, I'll talk about that in a bit. Um, and that led to a career in, in, and then I got my degree in television. I, I want to know about game shows. I want to know about the production side of game shows. How do you sell? Everything that comes in the world of game shows. I also want internet because I know I'm not stupid. The future is going to be online broadcasting. At the time, which was about 2011, 2012, streaming was just started kicking off. YouTube was already a thing. People were excited about Blip TV and Viddler. Uh, Vimeo kind of got kicked off, but it wasn't really seen as the, the trade that it was these days. And it to me, it's like, okay... It, it, it's I have to either build the next G4 or I have to end up making a game show network for the internet. That That's going to have to end up being my qualifications. I have to do something with this degree that I know I'm excited about. And I try to get, like, I don't really get jobs in television that often. Maybe because of my work ethic. I'm I come across as an annoying piece of shit, so I don't think I'm really that. But also, but also, if we're going to realism here, um, it's a very, very, very competitive world, and a lot of jobs in the industry are very uh, small and hard to come by. You basically have to work, and while you're working, find your next job and find your next job. That it's really tough for anybody who works in Hollywood or Atlanta, or wherever, to get the gig, to get to your next gig, to, to, to and basically just keep playing gig tag, because that's all it is, is a gig job. That's kind of what this industry is. So if you're an actor, you have to find your next job, and your next job, and audition for this, while you're still working on a big TV show. And if you're a game show, well, you're only working for maybe one month, and you need to work on another game show and another game show and you have to do this thing and this is only five episodes. It's a very, very, uh, I will say, I hate to say volatile, but I will say, uh, eggshell industry. Where if you don't get the work, you're gonna fall out and then you're not gonna get jobs. So you, you basically have to keep working and then it just, it tries to kill you and eat you alive and try to get you to do more work and you just sort of just go, why bother? I got a few jobs in the industry and I, I really enjoy those. I brought them up on Game Shows, I suppose, a few times. In fact, I think one of them is coming up in the archive. Uh, so, 
for me, uh, it's it's such a weird industry because I, I get it. The money is money, and the way the broadcasting works and how you make money in a TV show is different. And Netflix is now a thing. It, it, it becomes this big process. So for me, anyway, I kind of want more. Um, I hate to say stability, because there is no stability on the internet, but the internet, in terms of content creation, if you at least put in the work and do a project that you enjoy, you can do that for a good rest of your life. Like, really, you could be good and be done if, if, if you nail it, or you have a perfect series, or something that is people want to see. I, Mr. Beast could retire right now with the money he is making. But he's not. Uh, the things I look at, like, things like James Rolfe, the interview. He's a director. James Rolfe is a director. He wants to make horror movies, but he never really got to make those horror movies. He, he's kind of stuck doing the angry video game nerd shtick, even though I don't think he knows that much about video games, to be honest. But he has to collect them now, because that's his job. And... He has to figure out ways to make uh, insult jokes and still be funny and not make it sound like you watched a repeat. Oh, shitload of fuck. Oh, what a fuck. I'd rather have an animal poop poop. Like, things like that. And he, he got, what is it, the screen wave people bought him and some shit like that. So he's still getting paid, but he doesn't have to do much work. Like, things like that. That's kind of where we're at. You could do, like... Like, the good mythical morning people, I think, will be fine. The Smosh people will be fine. There are a few YouTubers that could definitely coast along now. Logan Paul definitely can just coast, but I don't think he wants to. There's a certain, like, brain that says, I need to do more. I need to do more. I want to get more out there. I want to do more. I want to see more. And I, I think whoever has that brain ends up the most successful. It's not like an E-type, it's more of like a not, like, you don't settle. It's a not settled brain uh, that I admire a lot of most YouTubers. Then there are others that are just playing the trends, and they go, Hey guys, I'm playing, I'm doing a Let's Play channel now, or Hey guys, I'm doing a comedy thing now on TikTok. Hey, check out my second channel, where I give you behind the scenes. Like, things that can just blow my fucking mind. If you have a cool idea, go for it. I mean, like things like, for instance, Jet Lag the Game. It's from half as interesting Wendover Productions. Wendover does a lot of, I'd say, Discovery Channel, but it's more educational based, knowledge based, why something works kind of videos. And that led to a side channel, half as interesting, which isn't as long form. They're kind of short burst, three minute videos, which also work. And that led to Jetlag the Game, which is not even a documentary series, it's a fucking game show. And that takes off. There's only these little parameters that take place. And I think if it's naturally what you're interested in, it works. If it feels like we're like a YouTube premium series because YouTube is paying you a shitload of money and we need you to do Escape in the Night. Yeah, it's hokey as shit. Escape the Night is terrible. 
I think it's a cool idea to do like a murder mystery haunted house kind of show with YouTubers. I think that that look at the traders like that's all reality show stars. You can do that with with content creators and no problem. It's like a celebrity show. The problem is, at least at the time of when they do the productions, there's a certain like influencer voice that a lot of these people had that isn't their natural personas. So therefore, everything felt fakey and shit. So, for, for me, anyway, I, I can't watch that show because everyone has to sound like this. It just, it, it's all fake. And then, you know, for a hot moment there, your kids were watching it. So, if you were a parent and you had kids watching these YouTube videos, you were going to be the butt of a joke because their kids had to do sound like influencers for a good hot moment in second grade. Hey, mom, can we go get some Pringles? Oh my god! Let's go! That kind of shit. I don't like that influencer culture, but YouTube is the place to people watch videos. They watch archival videos. There is a real deep thing of YouTube that's now like the media landscape, essentially. <laughs> Otherwise, what? You're on Daily Motion? You're, I mean,. There's other places, but YouTube is still the place. It's Google-owned. I, I still remember when I was doing videos on Google Video. <laughs> that was where I thought everything was headed. Uh, that was... I made a bad mistake there. So YouTube is where everyone is still going if they want to try and make money. But of course, you talk to content creators, the view counts and the numbers, and people play different roles. That some people, if they make a video worth a hundred thousand views, they're making a thousand bucks. Others, they're making five dollars. It, it just becomes a sort of like weird game, uh, and it, it doesn't really play well into the algorithm other than advertisements and blah 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 blahs. So it's in a business standpoint, it just becomes a miserable place. And to me, it doesn't breed creativity as much as I would like to. So for a hot moment, it's like, boy, I wish I could do YouTube videos. And I wish I could go back to the days where I could record shit on a camera, go to an editing software, edit, edit, splicey, splicey, splice, and upload. Because I still have that in me. I, I, I have a tech background. I have the knowledge of television, because I know that's what I need to do if I'm going to go into internet or any sort of television production. Like, it, there's a lot of things that go into it. So for me, it's like, oh, broadcasting-wise is kind of what I would like to do. But it just falters. I don't, like... To me, I look at videos and I go, I can't do this. I don't want to make it. So you look at people like Eddie Burback or Scott Kramer or, um, well, I guess you can say, uh, <laughs> man holding things. Like, things like that where it's just, like, fun short videos. Uh, and you're just excited to see what people have. And there's now crews. People are making videos that have crews now, and that's kind of cool. Which tells me that the days of one band crew, like people making YouTube videos, is kind of dying now. I need to have a big chunk of people. And I'm in isolation on an island somewhere. Slowly dying. Uh, so, 
I kind of went through it and, and like I like game shows I suppose I like doing this but if push comes to shove I don't know I would like to make a really cool YouTube series I would like to make a cool video content thing where I know it will never get demonetized or get taken down I things where it's like I can be protective of what I own a bit and be proud of what I've made and still have that sort of weird and biting and it's all the stuff that I used to do which is kind of where my head is at right now um I don't want to go into the internet drama bullshit thing um I want to go into talking internet stuff. I want to talk about video games. I want to talk game shows. Those are like the big three I'm no mostly known for. Video games, because that was my first chunk of my career. The internet for my mid-career. And three, game shows, because that's the kind of the thing that is kind of, unfortunately, my internet identity here. Uh, coming up, because uh, I think this might be the last episode of this podcast in quite a while, if not ever. Guys with uh, Brian Quindy uh, is going to do game show guides, and I can't wait to listen to that episode just as a game show guy myself. So I'm really excited to see the kind of riffing that's going to be taking place. I'm like, most likely, people upset about game shows or Steve Harvey hearing PETA said, Oh my god, think of the kids. Something like that is most likely going to be the outcome. Um, but as a game show guy, oh no, he's going to get roasted on Brian's super nice. Uh, he, he was on my game show podcast. He, we were talking the briefcase at Shirtlift CBS reality show. And it was so bullshitty and fun. Uh, I think it was, it was a ton of fun. Um, but back to the whole... Those are the three I want to talk about. Game shows, video games, and internet bullshit. Those are my three things. I could, if I can crack, if I can do a, a video game game show on the internet, I think I, 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 hit, I hit the jackpot. <laughs> if I can be the guy who reboots Games Master, I guess that's how you do it. <laughs> I'm not doing esports. Fuck esports. Um, esports, by the way, I, I, I will go into a quick side ta tangent here. I think esports is okay. However, I think just like all these AI things and cryptocurrency things, it's got flooded with cryptocurrency potential billion dollar earnings. When at the grand scheme of things, this is just a video game tournament. And this is a team-based video game tournament with team-based video games. That's all it really fucking is at the end of the day. It's just like video game tournament. But they do all the hype beast graphic packages, and they have all of this money to buy merchandise and all of these weird names. And a lot of the presentation, even though it's it's good in terms of like, hey, here's what's going on in the game, and it's a sports event feel because oh my god, look at the scoring mechanisms and what's going on here. People like Golden Boy, perfect, flawless people. I love I love GD. But it's just a video game tournament. I, I get you want to call it a sport. I, 
in many ways, yes, because there's hand-eye coordination, no different than auto racing. But it's a video game tournament. I think the problem is video games are meant to elicit fun and enjoyment and, and, and supposed to make people excited about video games. And this is mostly pretty bored out of their mind South Korean kids and grown adults in America who clearly have no joy in their eye anymore when it comes to playing a video game. It's the kind it's the kind of thing where like you play basketball for fun or you play it as your lifestyle, which is the NBA. But then once you leave the NBA, your fucking brain is mush. So so what if you get dropped from an esports league? You're fucking toast as well. And that's something that I think needs to be addressed hugely. And it won't matter because oh my god, well it's this there's this cool shirt that uh, has like a photo of like a, a, a Viking on it. Isn't that cool? Look, it's a knight. It, it looks like a, a, a knight cloak. Isn't that cool? Buy the cloak today. Go cloaks. It, it just... We can do better than that. We can make a really good stuff. We can make a very... <laughs> what am I saying anymore? This is why I'm losing my mind. Um... So for me, anyway, like those are my three interests. So I've been piecing together game shows. I've been piecing together internet bullshit and piecing together video games. I think the only thing is it has to be YouTube or someplace where I can hold onto the stuff like a Google Drive or a DVD. No, not a DVD. Um, but just like a, a place where it's like, if I upload it, it won't get demonetized by Nintendo or something. Uh, that, that's always my fear is like, okay, I spent like... I spent about 20 hours of my life making one episode of this video game show, and then Nintendo sends the C&D, so you're not going to see it for another month. That, to me, is the devastating shit. Um, and my worries when it comes to YouTube videos. So internet stuff is kind of the one I was it, it's the one thing I'm passionate about which is what the purpose of this podcast originally was was the video games and bullshit on the internet show because there's streaming stuff there's Netflix, Disney Plus, whatever and that's all mainstream stuff that people watch there is all of these trends that you see on the internet it's like I want to talk about those there are all these sub-communities that I, I've seen now the thing that is annoying me the most is, um, we'll go to Busy Street now, is a lot of these people wanting to go into the internet creator nostalgia YouTube video thing. They're doing a shit job and they're not well researched. To me, that was one of the most annoying things that I saw over the weekend, besides the Super Bowl ads. So, like, I get YouTube drama. YouTube drama fucking sucks ass because it's just fucking TMZ or gossip bullshit to elicit the view counts because, oh my god, what happened to uh, iJustine? Oh my god, what happened to Smosh? They broke up. Oh my god, who turned woke? Things like that. Just like, it's all horseshit anyway. 
a lot of these people are very lazy and they don't know what the fuck they're saying half the time. Or, and this is something I've noticed, and feel free if you're wrong, you ever notice a good chunk of the people talking about internet drama are full of sadness and have their own personal demons to fight that they neglect? For instance, a lot of them have a divorce and child support, and you never really hear about their kids or their ex anymore. So they're kind of pivoted to talking about someone else's private life to distract from their own. Have you ever noticed a good chunk of the internet drama people also are lonely and they never really have like a personal life to even be excited about? To them, this is their life. I I have to address the fact that this guy came out as gay and therefore is woke and therefore uh, lost viewers. Oh my god, this person's transgender. I'm going to dead name them because I'm an asshole. Things like that is what these drama YouTubers do. Or, and this is just noticing another trend here, is a lot of them also try to copy shit that they've seen earlier. Like they read from Know Your Meme or 4chan or I guess that could be a Dramatica or 8chan maybe. They go through the weirdest drama channels to try and get info, or they go through YouTube looking up other people's videos and copying, pasting. Haven't you learned anything from H. Bomber Guy's video? Stop fucking plagiarizing. You're doing terribly. Also, a lot of it is factually incorrect. So let's talk about Busy Street, shall we? I was uh, graduated high school. On my way to college, freshman, sophomore year, uh, I was a, a, I was doing YouTube videos where I was doing commentary on TV shows. It got the attraction of that guy with the glasses and Channel Awesome at the time, um, but they didn't pick it up because Doug's brother was a piece of shit that said no. Uh, anyway, that, that commentary channel wound up getting to the hands of... Heberman, who do, who do, who used to do the Dinner Dates uh, Let's Play channel, and before that, did a commentary channel called Metocur. Yes, the same Metocur that becomes the Mr. Metocur uh, icon of Internet Aristocrat, Jim 81 Jim, Game's Gonna Be Bad, you already know who that guy is. He was a part of Metocur as well. Same with H. Bomber Guy, same with a few other people. I know all these people, it's so fucking weird. Anyway, there was YouTube videos, and we would make fun of them and, and mock them. A lot of them were short films by college kids, mostly. But some of them were little kids having fun, and we were making fun of kids, and I just don't like that a lot. I don't want to make fun of kids. It feels like bullying. Like, if, if they're at least like an adult, and they get upset, it's funny because it's just like, I don't like these videos. How dare you not like these videos? That's kind of where I come from. Um, you know, your usual furry videos or fan skin videos, which was a good sub channel that I used to do and then stopped doing because, oh my God, it's a lot of homophobia I've just noticed in this. Uh, so I, I just sort of just stopped doing the commentary channel and moved on because a lot of it became a trolling farm 
where it wasn't so much let's have fun with the internet and do like a retsu prey. It became let's just get these people pissed off at us and then troll them off the internet, which I don't want to do. I don't want to troll people off the internet. I, I think that's horrible. And I think a good chunk of the people who do that are, are like, have something really fucked up in their brains. And I think that's partially what caused the, the Chris Chandler people to be really fucked up. Like, I think this is just some harmless person at start. And then it became more fucked up over time. And now it's like, why is why are they so fucked up in the head? I mean, most likely because the internet. And also, they're really demented now. And I think they do need psychological hop help. But I don't think the internet would care that much because they want their lol cow to make fun of. That's their entertainment value, that troll farm aspect of it. I don't like that kind of culture. I think that's sort of sickening in many ways because you're really just trying to, let's just be real here, make someone miserable to the point of depression to the point of suicide. So they kill themselves and that's funny too because they're in hero. Remember that joke? Be in here, become in hero? That's what a lot of troll communities do. And if it's not that, it's scare tactics like swatting. It's uh, getting bots, getting raids, ways to intimidate somebody to leave the internet. I don't like that kind of shit. I never like that kind of shit. So when I left Metoker, uh, I wanted to do something that was more like my style, which was busy street. Internet superhighway was the joke, so everything was a street thing. Um, and I wanted it to be about internet stuff. What are the trends on the internet? What's going on? And how do you poke fun of them? And a lot of it was like weird shit I saw in Goodwill, a parody of 1990s magazines, because I realized a good chunk of them were bullshit even at the time. Um, and then like movie reviews, video game reviews. Uh, uh, and then like little short things where I was trying to do my early Charlie Brooker screen wipe kind of shit. Um, Cause to me, I, I think Charlie Brooker had the right idea of how to write stuff. And I wanted that kind of writing aspect with Busy Street. But a good chunk of the videos that Busy Street did was about internet reviewers. And a lot of them were angry video gamer rejects. And it's not, I'm not going to say I'm the only one who did it. There are people like Ace Salieri who were one of the early clones of this. Um, a good chunk of the, uh, it came from public domain people also made fun of, of that kind of shit. And then there's like Dead Horse Interchange, all sorts of fun stuff. It's the, there's so many internet reviewers because they see the trend of angry video game nerd and they're going to do their own character. I did one as well. It's something a lot of people try to follow through and try to be the next one of those. But they're terrible at it. Especially me when you were trying to listen to reaction out of the anime community. Uh, so. Uh, anyway. Um, so a lot of these people went on to try and do the Zack of the Glasses Channel awesome thing, and there was a good chunk of people there. And then there's screw attack, so someone did their own screw attack thing, and that became things like blistered thumbs or normal boots. 
Then there's movies like Kickassia. Then there's things like uh, Suburban Nights. And every and I was there watching every fucking one of these bullshitty YouTube videos and watching all of these horrible movies. And a good chunk of them have the same delivery dialogue, having the same nomenclature, having the same, I am blank, this is my catchphrase, and this is how it works. You know this, well here we go, and I'm gonna say this, ah fucking shit, I can't believe I have to review it. Like, that kind of thing just, dime a dozen repetitive bullshit, none of it works. There's no attempt to try and reinvent it. There's no attempt to do something different. Ashton's had the right idea of just recording your fucking couch. <laughs> Others tried to do sketches, and a lot of the sketches were just themselves in a, in a wig. It just, it just was so cringy and terrible. And I remember reviewing so many of them and getting comments from the people themselves getting upset that we made fun of them or death threats from the fandom that were making fun of them. I know a good chunk of the time it was uh, Spoonie from the Spoonie experiment was a good target of the busy street abuse because a good chunk of the time he wasn't making videos and was making a bit of excuses. And as a fan of Spoonie Experiment, because I really liked his, his comedic demeanor, I was kind of going like, so so wait, where's your video? Is there's more FMV game, but there's more Let's Play video. You could do all sorts of other, no. <laughs> and then when you criticize something like that, you ended up irating his fans, so you double down on it because it's very funny. Uh, in, in hindsight, it's kind of mean because the guy had bipolar disorder and you're really abusing him on the internet. It's not right at all. But, in my, in my defense, this is just like when John Stewart makes fun of Joe Biden and you can't make fun of Joe Biden. <laughs> That's to me what I equate it as. So it really is kind of amazing to me when I went through a lot of these awesome screw attack internet content farms and make fun of them i made fun of like almost a thousand reviewers i would say i'm not even kidding there were a thousand kind of people a lot of them stopped after four episodes a lot of them have gone on to be mildly successful like peanut butter gamer and continue and gerard the completionist and, and john tron and to me, I didn't like Game Grumps because, to me, Eagle Raptor's a really good animator, and I don't like when he was going into an elsewhere thing, even though I think it makes sense these days. And Game Grumps is really good now. Um, I, I think it's <laughs> a good problem is a good chunk of these reviewers are just terrible at it because it, it requires acting and delivery, and a lot of them just did not know their style and did not know their own voice. If I want to go into break the fourth wall on this, <laughs> a good chunk of them were going through the trend of being angry and talking about things they did not like. When I think if they went more like the happy console gamer or the happy video gamer and they just went into things that they enjoyed or things that made them excited about their chosen subject matter. For instance, Wrestling with Regret, Brian Zane. Things he enjoyed ended up becoming a good chunk of it even in the early days. And to me, I think 
that's kind of what you need to do. You need more good with the bad and try and find your formula and find your voice. Imagine if Defunct Land was, and this little ride sucked ass and then closed it down and go fuck yourself. No. Kevin Burchworth had his voice, his writing style. Originally, he was trying to go for that dark, sinister voice. But becoming more lighthearted and more putting himself into his projects, it's gotten a lot better. And I think a problem is a good chunk of internet reviewers at the time never really quite got to that. So it's fun to make fun of them and just being an angry reviewer for angry reviewers and go, oh, is this shitty fucking thing? To me, that was always funny. Um, but what got me really fucking annoyed, it really, like, it, it felt like a mosquito biting me right in the asshole in amounts of irritation, is YouTube videos talking about internet reviewers and doing the whole, hey, remember this guy kind of thing? Justin Wang is, is, is trying to do his thing. I would say he's more of a, um, I would say he's thankfully not one of those, but it, it's everyone's trying to plagiarize the Justin Wang style of, hey, remember this dumb thing on the, remember when we all made fun of Rebecca Black Friday? <sighs> no, I don't, I, I mean, bad song kind of, but Rebecca Black went on to redeem herself, who gives a shit? She knows Lana Del Rey. Um. Look at the needle drop. Brian Font... Uh, Anthony Fantana. That's his name. He has perfected his voice now in terms of music criticism. It, it makes a lot more sense. To me, those are the kind of people you should gravitate towards. Red Letter Media, for instance, started out with the Plinket review because it's a character review and then went on to be the half in the bag and then it's sort of, let's just get rid of the fucking skit and just be Mike and Jay talking about movies. It, it, it just wells into that. Um, so when I see you, like YouTube people going like, hey, remember Game Dude? Yes, I remember Game Dude. I was at Medicare at the time and I riffed on a Game Dude review. A good chunk of it was a fight in the comments section, and the very first sentence is Barbie is one of those shitty games. They got taken out of context and uploaded to Rip Clips, which was my first YouTube channel outside of the Medicare world, which ended up becoming this big successful thing because out of context YouTube things and became this sort of Twitter thing all of a sudden. It's the blank blank out of context. You can think Rip Clips for that because that was kind of the whole idea. You take something out of context that's short form, it's very funny. Why are they saying this? Anyway, a lot of people have went on to do something similar to that, and I want a royalty check, fuckers. So, hey, remember Game Dude? Yes, I remember Game Dude. He is so rude. He is the gamer with the bad attitude. He was ripping off Angry Irate Gamer at the time. And then he looped around to be like, uh, no, I'm doing it silly. This was a parody of Irate Gamer because I'm not trying to be the Irate goes into that and then he left because weird drama shit becomes a you it becomes a youtube drama channel it, 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 to me it's like i was there for the game do thing remember mr anime i sure do i riffed on one of his reviews on busy street and then a month later he did the bad thing and i felt really fucking guilty because i maybe helped cause that bullshit 
because I didn't like, because I pointed out Mr. Anime hates Inuyasha so much he bought the entire manga collection. And I point out, like, no one hates it so much that they're going to spend a hundred bucks on manga. No, wait, not, not hundred, it was like a thousand dollars on manga, because remember, manga was very expensive at the time, and this was like an 80-piece anthology series. So pointing out loopholes like that was very funny to me. But in hindsight, the guy was off his rocker and, uh, what was it? Murdered his family and himself. He was a crisp and wah. But it's okay, guys. Let's make fun of uh, uh, of Dark Side Phil for being bad at video games. This is not going to backfire anytime soon, you guys. <laughs> hey, rem remember Kagasia being bad? No, I remember it being good. I remember it being the first to review it four fucking times in a text, in a commentary, in a fake angry review version. It's not a good movie. And I got the comments of, this is for fun. This is a joke. And it's really was like one of the most embarrassing things was that angry video game nerd nostalgia critic fight. Because it's like, who is this for? You're, you're spending shitloads of money to fly everybody out to do a fake fight. But it's not a thank you. You're not really getting every... Like, to me, that's where my head was at. Even if you like these people, that's not really what you want to see. I, I, I think the collaboration thing, even though it became like a, a meme in its own mind, was a better way to go about it. And a lot of it is, hey, you're reviewing this, can I join you? And I'm still vomiting on the inside from that. So, when I see YouTubers try and explain the stories that I'm one of the primary fucking characters for, I get a little pissed off. Now, if it's not me, A. Salieri, you could talk to Haberman, you could talk to Jim81Jim. You could talk to him if he's not dead by now. You could talk. <laughs> you could talk to um, uh, some of the like some of the writers from Busy Street. You can talk to some of them because a lot of these people, even H. Bomber guy, was there for a good chunk of it. You could talk to Harris for some of this. They will tell you a lot of the facts you were given were wrong because they were the people doing the research and finding out about these people and what's their deal and and why they stopped fucking trolling, which is why I stopped Busy Street. A problem with Busy Street was because I've been making fun of internet reviewers and that guy with the glasses people and it became the big claim to fame for me was I never got to do the shit I actually wanted go on to outside of it so i want to do a little sketch show i want to do more video game shit the kind of things that i want to do now to be honest the video games the game shows internet bullshit and the internet comment people that i ended up grabbing were like the internet drama people the, did you hear that like linkara did this and did you know that Lindsay ellis did this i don't care I do not fucking care. 
cool, I guess. I don't care. Please look at this Denver The Last Dinosaur episode. That's fucking cool. I want to talk about Denver The Last Dinosaur right now. <laughs> He's my friend in a whole lot more. No, you have to talk about... Uh, the, they got a uh, Phalus. Phalus did something. I don't know what Phalus... Well, you gotta check it out. Uh, they're doing another review of a movie. Cool. Did you know Rift Tracks is back? Like, that's all I was wanting to talk about. So I tried to reboot it, then I just closed down the website because to me, I can't handle that grief. I can't handle being the guy who simultaneously makes fun of these internet assholes and, and try and do something that I wanted to do. To me, that's the big burden on me. That's probably my big regret on the internet for a good time. But while I make fun of things like a bridge series and make fun of a good chunk of, of fandom culture, fandom ruins everything was the mission statement since day one. Fandom ruins everything because it's like gatekeepy bastards. It turns out that's still right. Um, I've gone to actually meet a good chunk of these uh, reviewers and content creators, and some of them remember who I am, and and, and I apologize. And, eh, no problem. Who cares? It was, it was we were dumb at the time, and it makes me feel better, at least in some regards. That hey, these people have gone on to do great things. They've moved on to do good things, and then there's some people who really got nostalgia about shit that I did like 12 years ago the internet it's just sort of sad um so for, for me anyway um i hate it I, I i hate that that is the community of culture we've created on the internet so for me anyway it's like boy i wish i could do the busy street now and point out how a lot of the people who are doing these hey, remember this internet creator asshole thing? Weren't really there, don't have the research down, and a lot of their shit comes from other people's YouTube videos or the ED articles from the internet archive. Which is also wrong because, hey, it's all just internet drama. And if you remember correctly, internet drama is created by people who are unhappy about who they are and are miserable people. When I started Busy Street in my most vindictive, angry world, I didn't come out as bisexual. I was still in that world where gay is bad and you don't want to be gay. To me, that was my interview. And for me anyway, being openly bi, hey, it's fine now. Hey, everything's good. But also, um, what's the term? Um, Hurt people, hurt people. That's the term. And that's what, what happened. I was one of those assholes that hurt people. And there are kids who go, hey, remember this hurt person? It's like, yes, because I'm the guy who hurt them. Hey, remember normal boots? Whatever happened to John Tron? Whatever happened to Pro Jared? And whatever happened to Jared the Completionist? One went on to uh, essentially 
be a Holocaust denier who also became overtly racist, one uh, slid into the DMs of an underage fan, and the other one uh, mishandled charity money. And if you ask someone, well, Gerard is woke, so we don't like him, and we like JonTron now because he's anti-woke. Like, there's this thing where it's like, your political affiliation and whatever bullshit, internet bullshit you go through on YouTube that tries to stir that pot of angriness. You would see something like that and go, ugh. There's nothing for anybody in that. And I, I think a good reason is because, again, the internet is basically a cultivation of the worst impulses of people. So for influencers, it's the best thing ever, the worst thing ever. There is no in-between. For an internet drama person, someone has to be the worst person imaginable. And if they mistake somebody, they make a screw-up, they're terrible. And in the same breath, talk about cancel culture being bullshit, even though they made a fucking three fucking hour-long videos trying to cancel a content creator. Like, like to me, that's just where we're at. It just... And people fucking eat that shit up, or they hate watch, or they link and go, Hey, I just saw this video. Is it true? No. None of it is ever fucking true. What you're watching is a YouTube video. A poorly researched YouTube video by some guy who has to make money somehow. He knows that this video is going to make about 200,000 views because of the content mill. Because we're at the part of the internet where you can now figure out how much views something will get. And if you have your subscribers and you have all of these ads and you have a merch store or whatever, you can make, you can make enough to get by. And that's all these people are trying to do is get by through the most, uh, what's the best way to say it? Um, horrendous is a nice way of saying it. What, Busy Street never had merch. Busy Street never had uh, an ad store. We were always trying to be free. We coined the term e-begging and we coined the term jump scare. You're welcome. I created jump scare. Actually, no, that was in my late busy okay so i feel like this is my last video so i feel like i'm doing like a walk through memory lane so after i closed down busy street i made a blog called hipster jordan's uh, garbage emporium and that's where i coined the term jump scare because i was uh, at a haunted house and a guy jumped out and did blah and that's why i called it a jump scare originally it's called cheap scare because those are all cheap. Those are a cheap, illicit, startle moment. And then suddenly jump scare of the jump out to scream became you jump out and scream for some reason. Um, boy, I, I create a whole lot of chaos on the internet and I'm still relatively unknown. Who knew? Um, so, so, going back to closing down mid-street. So I closed down mid-street because I wanted to talk about good stuff that I enjoyed and everyone wanted me to talk about internet content creators and I hated that because even though it was a trend it's not the only fucking thing in the world like nowadays there's hundreds of different types of YouTube videos out there you have your, your people uh, doing food 
cha- like challenges. You have your Mr. Beast clones, which we talked about earlier in this episode. You have dance people on TikTok. You have um, skateboard videos of people who clearly can't skateboard but think they can. Uh, you have music videos of garage band kids, which are pretty cool, all things considered, because they're still trying their hardest to get noticed. You have uh, hour-long video essayists about how the fall of the Roman Empire led to Gilmore Girls. It like I, it doesn't make sense, but sure, <laughs> could try. Um. Anyway, so I did Garbage Emporium. And then I basically, that was my 2013 to 2014, 2015. Then I was able to get a .com, and that's the jordanhaas.com you're seeing today. Uh, Originally, I wanted it to be a blog and also my portfolio to get work. Uh, And then I kind of had that head in the wall moment and decided I'm just gonna talk about uh, game shows because I think that's my expertise subject and I think it's very fun and that led to that and then this led to just looking at all the dumb internet videos and going why are we still like this and we can do so much better and now I feel like my nose is stuffed up and I'm getting sick this sucks (laughs) Um, anyway point of the matter is I I think the internet's a very cruel place. And when you see all of the things that I ever did in my life on the internet be basically either turned into quick cash turnover bullshit, turned into, like, I say bias. It's not bias. It's paid-for product placement infomercials turned into poorly researched uh, hey remember this to people that I pretty much abused off the internet which is the reason I get guilty about all this shit and yet to this day we're still doing it to other content creators to me that's the worst part about all this is the never vicious cycle of all it I moved on. I stopped. I tried to make amends. I apologized. Do all that good stuff. And it's still fucking going on. Or there are people who think they were there or were the person that did the mocking. And it's like, no, you are probably in my comment section. Or you were in my, or in the comment section of this guy because you lived for the drama. That's all this is, is people living for the fucking drama. None of you were there for the Have a Hotel thing. Unfortunately, you just remembered reading about it on the internet. The pools closed due to AIDS, and then you get the black Afro people to make a swastika because Nazism is funny. It's not coming back in style. I One of the last things I remember doing for Busy Street was uh the there was a kickstarter for tropes versus women in games and he is Sarkeesian feminist critique of video games and somebody wanted me to rail on Anita Sarkeesian 
And I said no. Because to me, maybe this should have been the, the, the face turn I needed. She is a feminist offering her own perspective on video games. It doesn't necessarily have to be right or true, but it is her opinion. And it sure is better than somebody screaming about video games. She never screamed about video games. But because people took the world of gaming as their own personal identity and saw that, hey, something need to be better about them as a vicious assault, that led to the creation of Gamergate, which led to a bunch of people from Breitbart, the ultra-conservative newsprint, to try and co-op this, which also led to Mr. Medicare, the internet aristocrat, who quickly fell off Medicare because Haberman went on to do dinner dates and wanted to do Let's Play videos because that's something he, uh, they enjoyed uh, rather than make fun of internet bullshit. So because, hey, maybe stop calling things gay and stop being mean to women upset him. So he went on to continue his vlog series. It was originally once on Medicare. So a lot of his identity becomes I want that old style back, which is kind of his old way of thinking. Um, Haberman went on to leave the internet because there was just no community left for them to uh, hang out in. So we end up seeing a bunch of miserable people uh, and a guy getting very successful making fun of uh, people on the autism spectrum and trans people. But no, it's, it's a joke. He doesn't mean it. Obviously not. And then you see people make videos about the people he made fun of. Hey, remember this guy? Whoa! I don't know Jim that well anymore, but I'm going to assume, because I've talked to that guy multiple times. He's like me. He hates that. <laughs> he thinks those people making YouTube videos are really dumb. And they're just milking up the drama for their own uh, sad behavior, because they can't do it on their own, and they don't have the courage to find targets to make fun of, because they don't have the balls. That's what I'd be thinking. For me, anyway, I'm thinking, you know you could have just spent a good 20 minutes talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2 like everybody else. It's not anything new, but at least it's something you enjoy because you're clearly a 17-year-old with a Sonic the Hedgehog shirt. Maybe whatever was your favorite Sonic the Hedgehog game when you were eight, which was what? Uh, the Sonic Colors at this point? Oh, God, that franchise sucks. Ugh. Anyway, hey, in the grand scheme of things, the internet is accessible. It sucks ass, and I hate it. It's also the only place where I can thrive creatively. It's also the one place where I know I'm welcomed, even though no one knows who the fuck I am. Which is probably the thing at this point, that I can just kind of hide in the shadows like this. But for me, this is, I'm gonna say this is probably gonna be my. I, 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 I keep saying like that's, that's like my catchphrase. This is my last episode ever. But I, I legit need to say this could be my last episode. I, for me anyway, I'm not on the internet that well. If I am, I really want to talk about 
game shows if I can. I think all of the talk about video games uh, will be too late by the time I get to them to do my talk. Like, Xbox, it's fine. Who gives a shit? Because I have my own personal shit to deal with. And unlike some pussy bitches out there who will instead of facing those demons and decide I'm just going to burn shit to the ground and cause drama because ooh woke Disney I'm going to stick bias and take care because the second she's dead I'm alone and I'm going to be twice as miserable and I know I'm going to need a lot more help twice or three times as many help so I really hope there's an internet left for me out there to ask for said help and in the process I hope I still have the creative flow and creative juices which is a semen joke uh, going to make good content because obviously a podcast is not good content I don't know if you noticed but these are very disposable they're just an mp3 file I want to make a good YouTube video. I want to make really fun YouTube shit. I want to take time and effort to write and record and do all sorts of great shit like what like Digitizer is doing right now. Digitizer level 2 is really good. Things like that get me so excited and I want to go on to do shit on the internet, but I can't. There's a lot of good shit on the internet. I just, I just, to me, I feel like I, I'm, I'm just wandering aimlessly in the world, and just, I don't, I don't have a place to belong, brownie face. I also don't know wh- where to go, what to do, and I'm sad. A good chunk of it is sad, um, because to me. I have three great ideas. A game show idea that might fucking work. I have a video game idea that's stupid enough to work. And I have a uh, internet bullshit thing that reminds me of the things I liked about Busy Street, post-Busy Street, and modern internet age that could work, but most likely will flop, but is the closest thing I could think of to what I've always wanted to do on the internet that makes sense I have three great ideas and I want to do them all but I can't do any of them at the moment not because of money not because of uh, uh, reaction I I, I think if I put them out they'll get like 10 views but I I (laughs) oh yes I'm going to be in the money with my 10 view YouTube video my video game video on YouTube. What a novel concept. Um, no, um, for me, it is, um, it's, a, it's the time. And that's all it is, is the time. So for me anyway, 
I, I want to take care of my mom and then hopefully take care of myself. And if I have the spare time on the internet, then maybe you'll get some piece of content. I'm still around in some regards, but I'm not on X that often. I'm not on uh, Blue Sky that often. I am most likely watching a YouTube video and going, oh, that's good. And then seeing related videos and it's some dipshit uh, saying, hey, do you remember when Lindsay Ellis was a nostalgia chick? No way. Fuck. Really? Or going to TikTok and it's like, oh, good. A Bill Burr stand-up act. Oh, fantastic. Here is a fantastic um, Anthony Jeselnik act. Oh, Stavros. Yeah, fuck yeah, Stavros. I'm a big fan of Cometown. Stavros, fuck yeah. And then, hey, what's it going, you guys? Before you click the video, I'm going to give five people a chance to win $100. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Fuck you. I'm sick of that shit. I am really, really sick of that. I, I, I think we could do a lot better, but we never will because the internet wants the dumbest, shittiest things. And even though there's great videos that take a lot of time, and those are the ones I really appreciate, there are some people that have to make videos every day or every week, and they're clearly burnt out, and I feel for them. Because for me, I feel burned out and I don't make anything. <laughs> so anyway, um, if I return to this, hopefully it's with good news. Or hopefully it's with uh, more time to talk about video game bullshit or uh, TV stuff like the Oscars or the Emmys or the Grammys. But uh, for me anyway, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to say goodbye. Um, I know I'm gonna, I know I, it, it's a, it's a joke answer, but if this is the last episode, I think this is, uh, it's good to say my piece with all the dumb, bad shit I did, all the good dumb internet shit I did, and just let people know, uh, hey, the next time I'm on the internet in, in a better capacity, in a better headspace, in a better positive mood, Hopefully you're going to see something that is relatively good to watch and not just uh, an audio file in an echoey room with a guy having a nervous breakdown. Well, at least that's just me. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Game shows, I suppose, will still continue regardless of what happens because there's still thousands and thousands of game shows to talk about and I made that my own personal hell. So until next time, this is Jordan Haas signing off. Take care.